From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Viva Cristo Rey. Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Uh, Our creed here at Deep Adventure Ministries is that the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And just moments ago, I stepped out on Malanai uh, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, looking out over the ocean to the north, to the space coast, and we saw an Atlas V rocket explode into space. It was out of view within about two or three minutes on a crystal clear day. Uh, And then once it just barely faded out of view, you felt the rumble, you heard the noise of the engines at takeoff uh, that that were just uh, just maybe six or seven, eight miles away from here. You can't get much closer to a rocket takeoff. You know, we we believe here in the cardinal virtues of, you know, Socrates loved them, Plato loved them, Aristotle loved them, the Book of Wisdom loved them, Cicero loved them, Augustine loved them, Aquinas loved them, the Catholic Church loves them. We talk about it in the, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, justice, self-mastery, prudence, and courage. But one thing, John, one, one thing that uh, St. Paul uh, talked about uh, and understood was that as great as the pursuit of these cardinal virtues are, we need uh, an infusion of God's power uh, through the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. It's almost like St. Pope Benedict says, I should say, the 16th says, it's almost like we're in a deteriorating orbit uh, when we look at a man's uh, nature, our fallen nature, our wounded nature, and we need a booster rocket to get us launched, to get us uh, into, that, into that orbit that God wants for us. And, you know, St. Paul's favorite word wasn't God, wasn't Jesus, wasn't love. His favorite word was dynamos. His favorite word was power. And uh, that's what we need to live this life. In fact, we are given the power uh, to become the sons of God. There's actually a power required, and that power was re- released like a rocket launch uh, at the cross when the Holy Spirit uh, was released to us, given to us, and, uh, and so we can live a powerful, we can actually live the life of virtue. We can actually live a life in imitation of Christ, but we need power. And uh, one of the things we really like, men really like, is power. We like power tools, uh, we like to feel powerful when we lift weights, and we love the roar of a Harley engine. And so I've got Jeff Cavins online with us today uh, from jeffcavins.com, a great Bible teacher. All of you guys already know who he is, uh, but did you know he is a serious biker? Jeff, welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Uh, good to be with you, Bear. Good to be with the great adventure with your adventure. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, uh, I mean, I've really wanted to talk with you for a long time, and uh, and uh, even you and I almost crossed paths this summer because we were going to do a shoot uh, for Long Ride Home up in Glacier Park where we were, we were praying about doing that, and you actually did it. Hey, before we talk about anything, let's talk about this last ride you guys went on. Uh, you, guys, <laughs> you guys are one of those, you guys are kind of those uh, recreational bikers. You ride 100 miles and then stay at a bed and breakfast. Is that what you guys do? We ride 100 miles and drive by bed and breakfast. <laughs> and you go and you and I heard you went you you did a 700 plus uh some 700 plus days, right? Yeah, yeah, we just got back just uh just a few days ago. We went on an 8-day pilgrimage on the Harleys and uh had a few Suzukis and Hondas too, but we we went uh 8 days, 4,000 miles, 
we went from Minneapolis to Sturgis. We uh, we were in at the rally just enough to get the patch, you know, and say goodbye. And we went on to uh, Gillette, Wyoming. First day, 742 miles of fun riding and, and fellowship. And then we went on to Billings, Montana. Uh, we went to Beartooth Pass. We went over to uh, Idaho Falls, Coeur d'Alene, up into British Columbia. And then from British Columbia, we went over to Banff in Alberta in Kenmar. And then we uh, came home through Saskatchewan in North Dakota. So we averaged about 500 miles a day, 10 of us. And I got to tell you, a great fellowship. I mean, we even had some Bluetooth hooked up, so we were praying together the rosary. And that Bluetooth is so to hard to do. That Bluetooth technology is kind of sketchy when you're going through the mountains, though, isn't it, a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's through the mountains, you're on your own. But, <laughs> yeah. but we would, we literally would we'd pray with each other, and uh, it, we had mass in uh, hotels. We had two priests with us, and uh, we visited a children's prison in Alberta, a teenage boys' prison, and uh, went there and had, made a barbecue for them. And one of the neat things about the trip there is that in almost every city that we went to, we had a barbecue truck that went before us and we put on a free barbecue for the church and the men. And then uh, when we rolled in with our bikes, I spoke that night uh, during the barbecue. So, so wait a, a minute, you, wait a minute, you go 500 miles or maybe 700 miles and you get off your bike and you, and you, and you preach. I literally there in three of the cities we, we got, I spoke, was supposed to speak at seven o'clock. We rolled into the church parking lot at six fifty-five, six fifty-six. I got off, I looked at my hair a little bit, I grabbed my Bible, I walked into the church and was introduced and spoke for an hour. You know what, Jeff, people don't understand what that means. I know what that means is that, (laughs) I I know what it means, because long ride home, it's very similar, like, it's not like we're cruising, but you have an appointment to keep, too. And of course, we have our television cameras rolling, and I know you've been shooting with GoPros and things like that, too. But that means you get up well before sunup, and and your pit stops are NASCAR-type pit stops, right? I mean... You've, got, you've actually got to make a schedule. And riding on motorcycles, the road gets longer. It doesn't get shorter as you ride. Can you describe uh, a pit stop when you make that gas stop? Can you describe, do you guys have a technique in how you do that? Or scram- I mean, because a 10-minute pit stop can become one hour real fast. If you very fast. Yeah, very, so very can fast. you describe that? Like people who like to snack. <laughs> yeah, and want to talk yeah, well, and, well, and go to the bathroom twice. What we twice. do is we, we, we roll in about every 150 to 200 miles, uh, about every about 150. It's just nice to get off the bikes and stretch a little bit. And you don't want to make the, the trip so hard that people are kind of a negative attitude about it. So we, we get off and we bike up and we typically, it's kind of fun, we, we, we take turns paying for the tanks of gas. So three bikes will line up uh, on a tank and one person will put their card in and fill all three tanks. And the next city, those three will, you know, the next person pays. But we typically will fill up bathroom break, we'll down, down a, a bottle of water, and uh, some of the guys have these camel packs. They just drink water while we're going. But I just down a bottle of water, and I have a couple of snacks in my left pocket, like uh, sunflower seeds or gum or something, because sometimes you get a little tired, and you just you know, throw a snack in your mouth and go on. And uh, we're back on the road. Usually in 10, 15 minutes, we're back on. And then the lunch will take about an hour and stop somewhere neat. Well, you know what it's like? It's like that, 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 uh, that gas break. Of course, you need to get fuel in a, in a Harley about every 150 to 200 miles. But... You pull over, and the most essential part of that is not, and we do the same thing. We pull over motorcycle by motorcycle. We do two at a time. And uh, the other guy runs in and he does the more important thing, which is to get, get to the bathroom, right? And 
when you're riding like that many people, people get scared, you know, you, and you look a little bit bad and, you know, you feel bad too. I can understand why bikers get in fights because after 500 miles, you're like, <laughs> you're, you're a bad person. And, and the bathroom, you have no pride. You run over people to get to it sometimes. But um, that NASCAR <laughs> well, you, thing. You also, you also learn about each other too. I mean, you, oh, you know, yeah. personalities while you're riding and who's leading uh, staggered uh, things we do, things we don't do on a bike for safety. And, you know, you got to talk to a couple people and say, hey, just, I'm going to take them aside and let me talk to you a little bit about how we're going to ride. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, yeah, you, the thing about the riding course, we had like three pursuit vehicles because when we stop, the camera crew has to get out and, and they're filming. And the thing about it is we, uh-huh. you know, we have this rule. We, the, the riders pull in, the, all cars roll in, all windows come down so we communicate, especially when it's hot or rainy and cold. And they're out and they're shooting reality show footage and then good luck to them to get to the bathroom before we roll thunder and head out. But, but it, there's something <laughs> about, you know, this, this, uh, this journey together all of the facade comes down. Everyone could say, I'm a really bad biker, but everyone knows the <laughs> truth about you. Everyone knows that that real sweet personality of yours somehow disappears sometimes, you know, when you're hungry yeah. or got, got up or you're the last one up in the morning and we're all waiting for you. So it really breaks right. us down, doesn't it? What, what's the magic of that? What, what, what's the result of that? Well, I th- you think you're exactly right, and we say this to the guys before we go out. I've been on a, I've been, I've been on a lot of ultra rides. I've ridden to Minneapolis to Southern Florida twice, or once, uh, Minneapolis to Texas, you know, all over the country. And uh, one of the things that we say to people is, is that by the time we're done with this trip, we'll know who you are, and, and you'll know who I am. And some people never <laughs> come back. Uh, you know, we had, we did, we recently, we, I mean, we re- we recently uh, two weekends ago did a. A short little ride. It was about, I think, an 800 mile round trip. We shot down to Miami, met up with Archbishop Wensky, and rode into Key West. And it was just gnarly. I mean, the heat uh, was yeah. close to 100, yeah. and we were in stop and sometimes go traffic in the mm-hmm. Keys with the Harley engines overheating on us. It really reveals yeah. a lot. And uh, he's he's fun, isn't he? I, I talked to him at one of the bishops' meetings, and we were saying we got to ride together sometime. Well, let's make it happen. Let's get him up there for the big meetup. We're uh, talking with yeah. Jeff Cavins, uh, someone that everyone's been telling me I needed to, needed to talk to for a long time. I tried to call him last week, but he was somewhere lost in, uh, I think, uh, Glacier Park area or, or something. Jeff, your website is. It's jeffcavens.com. That's where most of my you know, speaking engagements and a little bit about my show and all that's on there. Isn't, part, isn't one of the titles of your series called The Adventure or something like that? I forget. The Great, the great Adventure is the walk through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I, I take you through the whole Bible in chronological order as a great adventure. And that if you're going to have the great adventure in life, you've got to understand God's great adventure. We're talking with Jeff Cavins. Uh, he is a teacher. He's an evangelist. He's a biker. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back.
Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Viva Cristo Rey. It's Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We're talking with a very serious biker. You know a biker because a biker is a true biker when they choose to ride the motorcycle first. It's their first choice. Every, every time they need to go someplace, they get on that bike. And it gets a lot, like there's a feeling of it, I think, especially with men of the power of that bike, uh, kind of going back to the cowboy days, you know, riding horses. You feel like it's you and your trusted steed, you know, riding across the country. And it's just a great feeling. Uh, you know, uh, uh, skydiving gives you an incredible feeling. Uh, you don't even need to breathe, they say, because the oxygen just flows right into your pores. There's something about riding a motorcycle like, like, that is like going out and getting oxygen. Just a great feeling. So we got Jeff. Everyone thinks he's a, he's a great Bible teacher with his, his series called The Great Adventure that takes you through the whole Bible. But in his heart of hearts, he is just a biker. So, so, so Jeff, he's, but Jeff, you are a Bible scholar. Where are motorcycles mentioned in the Bible? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. I have to think about that. Wait, well, no, you don't know. It might, it might be a trick question. Wait a minute. You're a Bible scholar, and you don't know where the. I mean, I know you're a kind of a <laughs> you're a Harley snob, but you ever heard of the motorcycle called Triumph? Oh yes, the old Bonneville. Yeah. Do you remember you David? David rode his yes. motorcycle with cut off pipes. I knew that. I just, remember? I'm not quick as you on this, and he, I'm too much of a Harley guy. Just well, he, the Triumphs right now. Yeah, he, he but says, I'll tell you what. When well, I was eight years old, but, when I was eight years old, my uncle drove up into my grandma's driveway with a Bonneville, a uh, Triumph, and I looked at it. I saw him, and I looked at my mother, and I said, "Mommy," I said, "When I get older, that's what I'm going to do." That's so cool that you knew old. that. It's so. I mean, for me, it was surfing, but that's so cool. I hear that story. For me, yeah, and I've lived. I lived that lifestyle of surfing my whole life. But yeah, you, so King David rode a Triumph with cutoff uh, exhaust pipes. You know, it was so loud. It says that David's Triumph was heard throughout the land. <laughs> Okay, it sounds like you're going to become the Bible teacher. I am the, you know, and I I love the Bible and I love the Old Testament. Um, why do we need to study the Old Testament? Why do we need to to look at uh, all of Scripture? Well, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of people think that, well, you know, I love Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. I'm just going to read the New Testament. And what they don't understand there is that Jesus' whole life was a reliving of the whole Old Testament, and so. If you really want to know Jesus, you got to understand what he's doing. He is fulfilling everything in the Old Testament. And as you study, like the Gospel of Matthew, if you don't know the Old Testament, you won't know what he's hinting at. You won't know what he's reliving. And the, the Old Testament story is a story of, of a firstborn son, Israel, who fails, frankly. They do not reach that point of righteousness. And time after time, they, they come short, as, as we would. And then Jesus, God's only begotten Son, he, in his life, does what they failed to do. So there's such a connection there. And, of course, the Scripture says it was all written for your encouragement, you know, as an example for you. And God reveals his, you know, his plan. He reveals his heart through words and deeds all throughout, all throughout the Bible. You know, and the thing about the heroes of the Old Testament that's some is is different, I think, than the Greek heroes and uh, those. Although they definitely had their failings, is you definitely see people. I mean, the hero Moses and the hero David; those two guys were murderers. You know, you see yeah. them failing. You don't see them living. Oh, they're not this perfect, perfect 
uh, person, you see that the Bible really exposes them, uh, starting with Adam and Eve, uh, for the, hu- the humanness that they have, you know? What, what is your favorite Old Testament um, character or, shall we say, story in the Old Testament? Which one really well, I, pulls I, I you think, in? Sure. I, I, th- I think that, there, well, there's, there's kind of two. My, my, my favorite two characters are David and Joseph. Uh, I, I think Joseph is just a cool story. I mean, this is a guy that uh, has has it together with the Lord, and he he always seems to be, you know, growing up as the eleventh son. He's he's the low low man on the totem pole, so to speak. And he he ends up in the prison in Egypt, and it looks like the adventure's over. I mean, this adventure's over. He's he's been betrayed by his brothers. Uh, his dad thinks he's dead, uh, and he is in this pit. And his faithfulness at the lowest point in his life becomes the springboard for him to be elevated to number two in the country behind Pharaoh. And he, through his suffering, ends up becoming the key to his entire family's salvation. So he, he experienced the downside of you know that, that 700th mile on that one-day trip, and he experienced the exhilaration of waking up in the morning and knowing I got an adventure ahead of me here. This is amazing what God has put in, you know, into my life. And, and of course, David is a, is a similar story, but I, I really appreciate David because he's just so much like us in his, the temptations, uh, you know, his, his uh, being willing to face a, a great big challenge. I mean, you know, Bear, from these long rides like we go on, and we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of uh, marathon riders that, when you get on that Harley at six in the morning, you know that over the next week you've got 3,300 miles or whatever it is. It's kind of like the Goliath looking at you. And you just go at it and you rely on the Lord. And before you know it, you're rolling into the garage at the end of it. And it ends so quickly, doesn't it? When it's over, it's like, when it's over, it's like, is that all there is? When we rolled from Cocoa Beach over to the Coronado Bridge in San Diego, Dun, da, 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 and then all of a sudden, it's over. And, and it's, it's like over. You, you feel great, and you feel kind of, is that all there is at the same time? But it suddenly ends. We can go across the entire country, over the coastal mountains, down into San Diego, over the Coronado Bridge, to the Pacific Ocean, and it abruptly ends. And that's a lot like our life. It suddenly wow. ends. You know, the ride ends. Yep. And then what happens? What what happens with our life then is is the question. But you know what I'm feeling. You, you know hear what? Har- then you yeah. hear Harley's in your ear for two days. <laughs> yeah, and after the third day, you don't hear it, and you miss it, and you're like, I got to go ride again. You know, you look at your you yeah. look at your, your 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 motorcycle, and you feel like you've neglected it, right? Like a horse that hasn't been fed and watered. You know. Exactly. But Tell- you know what's funny? You were talking about masculinity earlier. Uh, let me add a point to that that it fits right in there. One of the priests, we rode with two priests, so we had, we had mass in hotels and all kinds of places. And one of the priests was from Poland. He knew St. John Paul II. He wrote a, he wrote a Road King, uh, or no, he wrote a Limited. And he is so funny. Everybody's coming to the gas station, and they're kind of cleaning up their windshield and everything. And we went over to his bike. One of the guys said, here, let me clean your windshield. You know what he said? No, no. This is one of those guys that was like, no. The whole trip with the end will tell a story. It's like my, uh, my it's so cool. wrinkles tell a story. He said, no, no, no. Uh, it's so the cool. there. He said, the whole thing tells a story. It's so cool. <laughs> it does, too. Hey, let me tell you about windshields. On our last ride, Jeff, we had a guy with us, Dr. Lance Mackey, okay? He, he, rid, he had ridden a motorcycle a total of 250 miles, and then he rode it 
2,800 miles, right, in his whole life. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's got this cool motorcycle. It's, it's just the coolest motorcycle. When I saw it, I knew he needed to get it. And he, without my being there, he walked in and bought the same bike. And he goes, oh, it's too cool. I'm not going to put a windshield on it. It'll ruin what it looks like. And he said, but don't worry. Uh, I'm just going to tow my motorcycle behind you guys, and then whenever you need me in the shot, I'll get on my bike. And I'm like, dude, oh, we don't, I don't, dude, we don't do posers around here, you know. But he was pretty insistent, <laughs> so he gets his ancient mountaineer retooled up, rents a trailer. We take off riding. I go, you know what? Let's just keep for today. Just ride with me. So we go. We we uh, ended up doing 510 miles that day, but at about mile 400, I think it was. Guess whose engine blew up? The guy who was driving <laughs> Lance's engine, it blew up, pulled it to the side of the road, called uh, a certain corporation that gave it a lifetime guarantee, and then when we called them said, we never heard of you, that car got donated to charity, U-Haul came and got the trailer, and Lance rode the whole 2,800 miles. And at the age of 70, he did the tale of the dragon going down the, the Blue oh, Ridge no. Park. <laughs> but I think it says something. There's two things about that we see in life a lot right now. People without any windshields, you know, it's, it's all about the look. It's all about the style. Nothing about the substance and the real adversity of life. Right. And the second is, is in, in surfing, we call it posers. People looking around like they, they walk around like they surf, but on a big day, they're not going to paddle out. Uh, there ain't yeah, no right. room for posers, right, in the kingdom of God. It's a... Uh, Christianity is not for the weak of heart. Yeah. Well, I ran into this guy a couple months ago, and he had a brand new CVO, which our listeners don't might not know. That's the top of the line Harley you can get. They're very expensive, and they're tricked out. And uh, and as talking to him, find, come to find out, this guy's never been over a 20, 25-mile trip, yet he had leathers, he had everything. He looked the part, and, but he didn't know the adventure. Right. Exactly. So how, the people that go and go to mass on Sundays or maybe once or twice a year, they have no idea the adventure. Like, like I said in our ministry, the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wildness of the adve- adventure of God's will. Jeff, don't you, don't you have an adventure every day with the Lord? Isn't there always something unexpected, almost always something that requires you to just walk in trust and faith? Exactly. You know, I- uh, when I teach about the great adventure, I do a lot, doing a lot of teaching these days on the modern, the modern day disciple and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus today, which goes way beyond being a fan of Jesus. You got to be a follower, and and, and you have to wow, have situational big, awareness. Wow, big, big. Can you say that again? Yeah, you, you can't be just a fan. You got to be a follower. Okay, so Jeff, we're going to come. We're, the world. We're going to come back and talk about that. And you talked about situational awareness. When we come right back, I'm talking to the man, Jeff Cavins. He just did a four thousand mile run with nine other guys on his Harley in an eight-day, I think a 10-day period. And his website is jeffcavins.com. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back. International Deep Adventure Radio.
Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 80. You know, uh, several years ago, I was walking along the beach in Waikiki, and I see a strong, strong, howly-looking kid, you know, big and strong and curly blonde hair, surfer. But he seemed to be just a little bit lost. He just didn't seem to be able to find his way in the world. And I just sensed that, oh, he, you know, he just, he, he was missing uh, something in his life that told him that he could do anything he wanted to do. And I walked up to him. I said, how would you like to be one of the best tandem surfers in the world? And he looked at me and said, I'd love to. And I worked with him and I worked with him. And that young man uh, has been to the podium many times in championships, winning tandem surfing events. We need to have something in our lives. We need to have something in our lives that draws us. And I'm asking you, what is your passion? Now, I don't mean passion in the sense of being driven. But what is the desire that God's put in your heart? God has given you a passion project. God has called you. No different than when I walked up to that young man or when Jesus walked up to his disciples when he called them and said, follow me. Jesus is speaking into your heart, follow me, not just to have your prayer time with him and to, and, to, and to love and serve your family, but God has specific callings in each of our lives. I know what I have in store for you, plans, plans for peace, not destruction, a future reserved for you, full of hope. If you seek me, I will let you find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me. God says, I have plans for you. Get close to the Lord. And ask God, what is your will for, for me, Lord? And then start to serve God. Wherever you are, just find a way to serve God. And as you serve God, God will direct your path. It's like the, the, the tires of the car need to be moving before it's easy to turn the wheels. Start moving in the Lord. Serve where you are. Serve where you're planted. Develop, and God will develop a passion project in your life. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 80. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. And this is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Welcome back. Um, We were interviewing Jeff Cavins, but I just heard the sound of a Harley engine in the background. I think he took off. I think he got too uh, going too crazy. He wanted to get back on the bike again. Hey, Jeff, how long since you've been home from the the 4,000-mile ride? Uh, let's see. We got home. Uh, I got home uh, five days ago, four days ago, well, four days ago. Did yep. you did you wash your bike yet? No. In fact, you know what I was going to tell you is I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. No, two reasons. One, I'm lazy when I get back. Number two, and when I when I when I wash it, I'm going to get riding. You know, I'll get back on it again. But number two, I actually go out in the garage. I know this sounds funny, but maybe you'll understand. I go out to the garage and I just look at that bike and I think about the adventure and I see the bugs. I see the, we went through, we went through four hours of downpour rain where we had to put the gear on. And that's part of being prepared, you know, on the journey, you got to be prepared for everything that's going to happen to you. And so when I go out there now, I kind of look at it and think, well, once I wash it, the remnant of that trip is over, not in my heart, but on the bike. So I'm going to send you a picture. That sounds so cool. Hey, hey, Jeff, you know, you really got to watch our, our reality show. I mean, you're gonna, you, oh, you're going totally to. gonna get it. Long ride home. You're totally based on what you just said. Uh, the first episode begins with us riding in a hurricane, dude. We're down <laughs> here in Florida, and 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 uh, Hurricane Matthew's coming through, and we got to get our bikes to higher ground. So you know, the one minute introduction, and then boom, we're riding through a hurricane. So. Um, you know, and as a TV producer, we're looking for bad problems. You know, we're looking for adversity. I was like, good, it's going to rain. But I didn't want it to be a hurricane, you know. 
So, so yeah, we need, we, need, uh, we need in the reality show, what we're looking for isn't petty drama. And we had different producers come in and say, and camera people come and say, well, we got to get some stirring up some conflict between the men. I go, no, dude, you don't understand real drama. Rocky Balboa overcoming extreme adversity. That's what people are looking for in life. Yeah. Uh, you you want no to, drama. The, yeah. You want no drama. Follow us out of Sturgis with a 45, 50 mile an hour crosswind with gushing rain coming down and trying to get back to Rapid City and finally have to pull over on the side of the road because we can't even see the bike in front of us. And we pull over and there's 10 guys from Kentucky pulled over all drinking fifths of whiskey. Yeah, that's, those, are, those, are, those are hard riding guys. Those are dangerous. You don't want to follow them around. <laughs> Uh, not very smart. I don't drink when I ride. And we learned that uh, nope. even you don't even drink the night before. Uh, people might have nope. a beer, but uh, we had someone who had a couple glasses of wine the night before and then, uh, and then didn't uh, properly hydrate, and he ended up on the side of the road. We had to give him a, an IV to, to revive him. Yeah, you've got to be smart on the trips. You've got to be smart, and that's what sounds like you guys got a smart group, and we talk about that among ourselves, is that it's not just getting on the bike and riding. We've got to be we got to be smart, we got to be considerate, and we got to be patient, and we, we have to be focused. And you know, the thing is about on the ride, uh, you know, we have, fortunately, we have Dr. Lance Mackey with us, and we're fortunate, too, to have a priest with us, but you talked about situational awareness as we are cutting away, and I know when we ride, it is no, ter- it's not like we're going to be looking at the beauty of the mountains. I mean, you get glimpses of it, and you feel it, but... Right. You have to be aware every moment of what's happening down the road, what's happening. As, and as a leader of the pack, you got to be looking at what's happening behind you with the pack, and you got to be looking at the guy next, next to you who's, who's your wingman, uh, you know, um, riding, you know, behind you. Uh, talk about situa- situational awareness in our, in our, in our no- normal day-to-day and spiritual life. Sure, I, I can kind of launch from the ride and get and get into that uh, a little bit about situational awareness. When you're riding down the road on one of these trips with a bunch of guys, we usually have a guy in the front and a guy in the back with Bluetooth. They talk to each other and they give they give signals. There's a lot of signaling to each other about uh, danger on the road. There's roadkill, uh, pointing, uh, you know, to what's on the road and and uh, letting people know you're constantly looking ahead at the lights, the cars, what's happening behind you, who's next to you. Not to mention just the bikes. But in life, that's the way it is, too. We rode into uh, Idaho, and we stopped to gas up. And you know how it is. You're tired a little bit and stretching, and and, uh, all the bikes are there. And this lady comes walking over, and she says, oh, you guys are riding bikes. I thought, well, you're pretty perceptive. But um, she she said, are you guys interested in buying a bike? And everyone said, no. And I said, what do you have? And she said, I got a Goldwing, a 1998 Goldwing. Well, no, not really. But I look for opportunities to witness all the time. Amen. Anywhere. I'll share Christ with people anywhere. But you've got to be situationally aware. What opportunities is God giving you? Now, you could say, I'm on a vacation. I'm on a journey. I'm not going to be ministering to people now. That's the wrong attitude. You've got to be ready 24-7. So I said to her, and this is the key, I think, to witnessing, open up with questions. Get the conversation going. Yes. I said, I said what, what, why, do you, why are you selling the bike? Simple question. doesn't take a PhD. And she said, well, I have four-stage cancer that's metastasized, and I can't ride anymore with my husband, so we're going we're gonna to sell it. And my first words were, I looked at her, and I said, I said we're Christians. And on the back of our, our leathers, it says God Squad. You know? That's <laughs> and, the name and, of your pack, and, God and, Squad? That's so cool. Okay. Yeah, we got a God Squad out of Calgary. Uh, they run it out of there. And then on the bottom of the letter it says Christian. And I said, we're Christian riders, bikers here. I said, would you mind if we prayed for you? 
she went, no, that would, that would be great. So everyone gathers around her at a gas station, lays hands on her, and we begin to pray for her, and the priest gives her a blessing. You don't see that every day. But every moment that God gives you is an opportunity to be a witness. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, when you're running around with leathers on and motorcycles, nobody argues with you anyway. But, it's true. <laughs> but when you can have uh, a motorcycle, they, some of the guys in our group look literally like they're out of the toughest gangs that you could imagine. And when these guys get around people to pray for them, they become such tender-hearted men who reach out with the love of Christ that the juxtaposition of the Harleys with a tender prayer and concern is an amazing witness. It really is. And you know, the thing, here's the thing too. By the way, wait till you see, I think it's episode seven when we're, we got the motorcycles around us at night and we're having mass with the bikes in the background. It's just so cool with an, a fireplace at night outside. But hey, Jeff, here's the thing. You talked about, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest. If you're not with, if you're not having a divine encounter like that at least once a week, you are asleep at the wheel. You know, right. there, there is, there, you know, daily, especially if you're out and about, right? But be prayerful. Uh, ask God to order your day, and then be aware. And I love what Jeff said. Uh, it's kind of cool, Jeff, being a radio guy, right? And a pot, you know, radio guys like us, um, we've learned to ask questions. And the coolest thing I've learned to do, too, is when someone approaches me, I ask them a question. On the, on the airplane, I had three divine encounters coming back from my trip last weekend. And uh, the most interesting one was there was a, a Fortune 500 CEO, retired CEO, sitting next to me. And he asked me questions, but I turned it back and just kept, was very interested in his life and asked him questions after questions. And eventually there, be, there came the conversation, are you a man of faith? Do you mind if I ask if you're a man of faith? And he said, well, not really, but I, 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 I said, well, do you believe in God? And he said, yes. And, but he knew just by the little things that I shared here and there that there was a an opportunity for testimony. And when we were on the road riding, we had divine encounters every single day. And it should be like that in our daily life. If, if, you're, not, if you're not experiencing the opportunity to share the gospel, and you don't have to share it by preaching it. I love the way Jeff said it, is asking questions. And the, I have found the, 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 most, um, the, the greatest opportunity we have is we j- when we just say, is it okay if I pray for you? The moment yeah. that you pray... The Holy Spirit comes unhinged, you know, in their heart, and the door opens, that, that knocking uh, on the inside, the door opens a little bit, and the breath of the Holy Spirit comes in, and they have a divine encounter themselves. But if you're, if you're not sharing the gospel, and, and the gospel is good news, it doesn't have to be, let me tell you the, uh, you know, all the rules of being a, being a Christian, just show them Christian love. But Jeff, you know the statement about how St. Francis said, we're going to go into town and share the gospel and speak if necessary. My response to that right now to the men is, it is now necessary. It is necessary. It's necessary. (laughs) Tell us about that. we got about a couple minutes before we got to take another break. What do you mean by it's it's necessary? A lot of times it's a cop. Amen. Necessary, use words. All you've got to say... I, I talk to people every day. We talk about situational awareness. I promise you, God is giving you opportunities every single Amen. day. Amen. Listen to what people are saying. Watch what predicament they're in. Is someone depressed? Is someone crying? God has given you a situation every day, and all you got to do is ask yourself, would Jesus ignore this situation? Would he ignore that situation? If he would ignore it, you ignore it. If he would not, you're the body of Christ. Nobody's going to talk to that person 
uh, if you don't do it. You have to have some courage to get out of the boat and walk on water. And that's the great adventure. The faith is not made up of just learning your whole life. The faith is made up of a relationship with you and Jesus, and you continue the work that he started 2,000 years ago at gas stations, at restaurants, at Walmart, down, down the street with your neighbor, the mechanic that's working on your bike. There are all kinds of situations, and it just takes a little getting out of the boat. And you'd be surprised at, at how God keeps opening up doors. I can tell you story after story. But can you imagine, Bear, what it's like to be a woman who the doctor says you have long to live, and 10 guys with leathers and chaps turn their motorcycles off and gather around you and tell you that God loves you so much and pray for you at a gas station? This is Christ encountering the Mary Magdalene. This is Christ encountering the person who is dying on the deathbed. Well, while, he's and, on the, while he's on the way with him, we're talking with Jeff Cavins, jeffcavins.com. Uh, one of his uh, series that he does is The Great Adventure, Going Through the Bible. We're going to be right back to talk more about his most recent motorcycle ride. Jeff, hang on. We'll be right back. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Steve Knowlton with DeepAdventure.com. Surf's up. As I was running across America for the second time, running 3,000 miles from Oceanside, California to Washington, D.C., I had already covered over 600 miles across the Mojave Desert, plus a number of mountains, including the Appalachian Mountains. As I came into the city of London, my body was beat up, morale was down, and I was feeling a bit exhausted and wondering what I was doing out here. The fire chief kept me for the night, and the next morning I woke up even in a worse mood. But he insisted on escorting me out of town. I thought for a second, most of the towns I had just gone on my own, and I liked to ease into the morning. But I appeased him and decided to let him escort me out. As I got a few miles in, zigzagging in and out of corners, he advised me to just keep going about a mile up, and I would hit the parkway. About a block away, I saw about 80 people standing there. As I got closer, they began to cheer, and just the whole crowd ignited. Tears welled up inside of me, and I could see what I was really doing was having an impact, and what they had done for me was lift me up because my strength was near zero. The rest of the day, I could not take a smile off my face, and tears welled up off and on just thinking about the experience. As I think of a, as a fellow Christian, we need to do that for our brothers and sisters. Help encourage them, be a wall of angels to lift them up when they're going through their struggles in life. God bless you all. Surf's up, go deep or go home.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Viva Cristo Rey. Welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We have our uh, co-adventure guy today, Jeff Cavins, with us. Just got back from a 4,000-mile motorcycle ride, so he does get to say whatever he wants to say. He's got the street cred to do it. Uh, Jeff, I got a question for you. When, you're, you know, when you ride as a pack, uh, it starts to break down where different individuals take on different, what we say in Hawaii, kuleana. Like we have one guy that's in, in the pursuit vehicle in charge to make sure everybody's hydrated. We have another guy that gives everybody the navigational waypoints in case we get separated. We got a, the guy in the back, the tail gunner, the right sweep that makes sure everybody's okay. I have one guy that I say, have the men mount up, and he makes sure everybody's mounted up and ready to go. And then we ride, you know, there's, there's like a breakdown in what everybody's kuleana is. And when you look at Jesus, you know, walking as a pack, riding on a motorcycle is tough. But walking, uh, walking they, those guys were rugged guys. They covered hundreds of miles walking uh, through uh, tough terrain. Uh, but they developed into, they really developed uh, in, into uh, a tight relationship. You know, they, they had some guys go out ahead and prepare a place for Jesus. Others kind of walked along with them, almost like a bodyguard, you know, letting people through as Jesus uh, ministered to them and were open to them. You know, they had, but they had to be watchful for him and protect him because he actually did have enemies that wanted to kill him. And so you had this kind of moving uh, pack like we do on bikes. Mm-hmm. But so when we're rolling right. through life, when we're on the way with our children, we should speak to them. When we're rolling through life and we're at, it, we, it, 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 and, and we're, we're in situations where we see someone suffering, first thing I do when I see somebody limping, I pray for them. You know, when I, you know, may never, may not ever talk to them, but I'm praying. My heart is always like beams out there, beaming out there with radar, praying for people. And then that opportunity comes while we're on the way with them. Do we stop and take the time? Right, right. Well, yeah, and that's what you need to do is uh, you have that situational awareness. And you see something that's a little bit different, it's usually an opportunity for a question. You see a guy, you see a guy with one leg, and the obvious question is what happened, you know. And um, and that guy will tell you his story. And in the midst of that story, you have an opportunity to tell him about about God who loves him, Jesus who, who loves him. Every day for me, though, I like, I like what you say, you know, riding in a pack, everybody has a role in the pack. Once you get off that motorcycle and you're back home alone with your family, you still ride in a pack. And this is the way I put it. I have a whole podcast on this on, on the Jeff Caven show on, uh, on iTunes. It's, it's called Who's in Your Posse? And what I encourage people to do is to choose a posse to walk with. And that is, what saints are you going to get close to? Who's going to ride with you in life? I, you know, I don't know all the saints, and I don't have enough time to do that. Uh, I've got five guys that I ride with every day uh, in life. They're my posse. And uh, it's St. Augustine. It's Mother Teresa, uh, St. Francis, you know, uh, Saint, and uh, St. John Paul II. And St. Joseph. And, and I, I chose these, these people for a particular reason, because I need them in my posse. One's a front man. He teaches me to, you know, to be a better husband and a better father. Mother Teresa teaches me that at every gas station, the lowest person there is the most important in Jesus' eyes. St. Francis reminds me to simplify in my life. I want to buy too much. Eh, he's, he's riding with me. He's saying, you know, pull over. No, 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 you don't need that. You don't need that. So I, I developed my own posse ride with in life on an everyday basis and i encourage other people to develop their posse and to get to know them read their material their older brothers and sisters that will help you ride through the adventure of life and uh 
you can't do it alone. Just like this great trip you went on, you can't do that alone. You needed a whole team of people, and you chose the team based on the adventure. And that's what people need to do on a daily basis. But when you choose those, like, I, I, you know, my, I usually get up an hour every morning uh, before sunrise and, and have my prayer, prayer time and reading time. And then we do that Catholic catechism at 7 a.m. Eastern time where the sunrise is rising behind me over the ocean. And we do 15 minutes of just uh, lots of, you know, going deep in the catechism. But at night, mm-hmm. oh, at night when I can sit outside of my lanai, light up a cigar, a shot of whiskey, spend time with Augustine, spend time with Aquinas, spend time. I'm, I am reading John Paul II right now, all of his encyclicals. You know, it's like... People text me, hey, what are you up to? Oh, I'm hanging out at the beach with my friends. Well, who's there? Yeah. Aquinas, you know, uh, Don <laughs> Calloway's latest bit, book, Jeff Cavins' books. You know, and you're, in other words, uh, it's not just acknowledging them, but get to know them, as you said, read their stories, read their writings, and then ask them to pray for you, you know, uh, uh, throughout the day. And then, of course, there's another posse you need, and that is I challenge men that, you know, I have a, I have a, a, a place on the inner uh, people can go to my site bearwoznik.com and they can join mm-hmm. Bear's Man Cave. Cost them 10 bucks mm-hmm. a month. We give them a shot, a shot glass or a beer mug or a coffee cup if they join. Cost them $10 a month and then they have access to our private Facebook group called Bear's Man Cave. And once every few weeks, we get together with a Google Hangout. We all hang out, have a cigar and a manly beverage, and, and just talk about. Uh, what our focus is uh, this fall, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be going through my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. Each of these men, though, in turn have their own man cave. They have a group of three or four or five guys, and we all need that posse, too. I have, my, I have Gerard and Dennis, and I have Lance, and I have Chris uh, here locally, plus my other friends around the country. But those are the men that I will text. We have a group text. And uh, last year we did, th- you know, 60 push-ups, 60 crunches, 60 minutes of prayer every day. We texted that we had done that. But when I need prayer, I can text them, and they're right on top of it. And when I'm troubled, they right. can sense it. And we have a barbecue one night with a beer. Uh, we don't talk about football too much, never politics. Mm-hmm. And we go deep with what's really happening in each other's lives. So talk about the need for men. Men are isolated and alone in this world. Talk about the need for men to have their own unique group of five or six close brothers that they, that they actually make a point to cultivate friendship and to go deeper with. Yeah, no, it's very important. We have a group that we started in the Twin Cities here. We work with Bishop Cousins on it. It's called Catholic Watchmen. And it's men who get together and they challenge each other to to walk in some of the basics of, of the faith, you know, to pray daily and read scripture daily, to look for an opportunity every day to serve their family and those loved ones around them and weekly things going mass and, and, uh, and mon- monthly things, encouraging them to go to confession. And it's really important, you know, women are more relational in some ways in that they look at each other in a circle and talk about their feelings. Men have a tendency to walk shoulder to shoulder and accomplish something. There's a mission and they have a tendency to, to talk and open up as they are on this mission and, and reflecting on the mission. And that's why I noticed something a few years ago that, that ended up becoming the core for the Catholic Watchmen locally here. And that is that it was, get, it was very difficult to get men to open up about the Lord. But what I did is I built a fire. We built a fire. Guys gathered around the fire. They had a beer. They had their cigar. Nobody looked at each other. They all stared at the fire, which men like fire. And all of a sudden I asked a question and every guy opened up as he stared at the fire. 
And that's the way that's the way men are. Men need men, iron sharpening iron. And when they realize that other men are on this journey, and it's and it's fine to be masculine and a Christian, and uh, and they're able to open up with each other, it is a tremendous support. Uh, and and men are very isolated and alone today, you know, with with social media, at work, at home, and and they really do need each other. And when you find a friend, boy, you have found a gem that you can be transparent with, and you know you're not alone. You know, um. I went to the Napa Institute a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I guess. Met a lot of incredible people. I mean, my God, amazing people. Everyone helping each other uh, to move forward in their ministry. But there was this one guy that just, when I met him, I go, God, this is going to be a friend of mine for life. His name is Frank Rapillo. He lives in uh, Orange County with his wife Angie and his two kids. Very successful executive. But he rides track bikes, okay? Don't hold it against him. No, he's the type of guy that lays his knee. He's the guy that lays his knee down when he's... When he's cruising around the Laguna Seca, and but he loves uh, he has Ducatis and uh, Moto Guzzis, and he's just a car guy yeah. and, a, and a motorcycle guy. And I go, I just love this guy. And I told Cindy, I'm going to go back out and see, spend a day with this guy. I just think he's a he's he's a friend. If I cultivate it, we'll be friends for life. And sure. she goes, Well, you know, you've talked about him uh, helping you in your ministry too. I may may make him my sidekick on season three, and and and, and maybe he can cultivate. We can cultivate a ministry together in some ways. And she asked me, do you want him to be a friend or do you want him to help you in your ministry? And it's like, dude, with men, it's the same thing. You know, in the real way to grow friendship, they say fellowship. It's like fellows in the same ship. Get in a boat with Peter and his, and his brother and his friends, and you can see that their closeness, a lot of it is cultivated around trying to accomplish a, a, a task that's bigger than they could do without each other, right? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's that. Uh, let's, let's not just um, uh, sit around and talk, but let's, let's go accomplish something. You, Jeff, you got one minute. Wrap it up for us, okay? Sure. Well, I would, I would just bit say, you know, piggyback on what you're saying there is my latest, my latest great adventure studies on wisdom. And it just was released a couple of weeks ago on wisdom. And one of the whole segments is on friendship. And one of the keys that the scripture gives us is don't make a lot of friends, make a few good friends, a few really deep, good friendships and cultivate those friendships. And a new Harvard study on longevity and happiness shows that that's one of the two key elements. One, avoid alcoholism. Number two, develop friendships. And that's the key to happiness they came up with. So we in conclusion, need, Barrett said, yeah. man, it's great talking to you. I hope we can ride together, and I hope, I it's hope that we can happen. have one of those friendships, hey, let's, too. Let's announce yeah, for, it right now. Let's announce it right now, okay? okay? Let's announce it right now. We are going to get all the Catholic bikers to hang out with Nights on Bikes August 2019. So if you're a biker group, reach out. to Go to my website, bearwoznik.com, and post up. Uh, contact us by email. We're going to all get together then. Jeff, we got to go. We're already out of time. My, my editor's going to be furious with me. Uh, Until next (laughs) week, uh, jeffcavens.com. This is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll talk to you next week. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.